What's up, everybody? Uh, we are going to let some people come in here. Hello, hello. Um, this is the live Q&A show that we do every single Tuesday. Um, got some great questions this week. Goodness. Um, great questions came in. Uh, they tend to come in uh, yesterday, uh, yesterday and today. So, so thank you to everybody who... Um, who participated in that way. We really do appreciate it. I, I think I told one person uh, tonight that makes the show so much more fun. So, uh, so we really appreciate the questions. Uh, Shelly, how's it going? Edna, Deborah, how are y'all? Great to see everybody. Uh, we're going to let people go through here. Uh, Dr. Rogers is, is, is heading towards us. Barbara, hello. Jessica, hello, hello. Um, it is, uh, man, it's a rainy, rainy Tuesday where, where I'm at. Uh, Tracy, good evening to you. Um, which could mean, <laughs> which could mean a lot of fun. Katie, how's it going? Great to see you. Um, I have a feeling we're going to have a really great show because, uh, Dr. Rogers usually likes to go take a walk after these shows and, uh, doesn't seem like, uh, that's going to be a, an option. Kathy, how's it going? Good evening. Good evening. Um, Really pumped to to have everybody here. We've um, had a, a heck of a week and a half or so at, at Performance Medicine. Just real quick, want to uh, give a shout out to uh, to all of our people inside of the offices. Um, uh, we have offices in Kingsport, Johnson City, and Knoxville. Uh, hello, Morgan. How's it going? Uh, they are just working their tails off. Um, and and I tell you what, you know, uh, Dr. Rogers is certainly doing an amazing job with, with, you know, handling all of the, all of the, the COVID, uh, stuff. But, but I tell you what, he has a, he has a heck of a team that is, uh, right alongside him. So, so big shout out to, to everybody, uh, inside of the performance medicine offices for what they've been doing. Um, it's really, really important work. And, and, uh, and I, I hope that, 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 uh, just want you guys to know that they, they are, they are absolutely doing an amazing job. Carla, how's it going? Kathy, hello, hello, Melanie, how's it going? Uh, thank you so much, guys, for for hanging out tonight. Um, we're gonna, like I said before, we're we're gonna go through the questions that came in uh, through various social channel channels. Catherine, hello, hello. Um, we got some great questions over on Instagram uh, as well as through our email. Uh, if you if you want if you'd rather email us or questions, um, we totally get that. It's just info at performancemedicine.net. Uh, info at performancemedicine.net, put in the, the subject line, live Q&A show, question for Dr. Rogers, anything like that will kind of uh, grab uh, grab my attention for, for tonight's show um, or next week's show if we don't quite get to it. All right, so I'm going to bring Doc in. What's going on, man? Hey, Ben, what's with the glasses here? <laughs> I, I, had a, I had a feeling that you would be the first one to uh, – to either commend or or maybe maybe make fun of. I'm not sure, but I'm protecting my eyes tonight. Well, I didn't know you even wore glasses. <laughs> uh, for, for for those out there, I I don't I don't actually wear glasses. Uh, these are these are blue light glasses. Uh, I've kind of worn them off and on uh, when I'm looking at a screen for uh, for a long time. So uh, I'll, I'll take I'll take some I'll take some jokes tonight. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. <laughs> well, <laughs> they look good. Uh, 
They kind of look like Al Roker, the guy I see on The Weatherman <laughs> on TV. <laughs> Kristen, who's the, who's the librarian? Kristen, how's it going? How are you? I hope you're doing wonderful. Uh, the librarian, I like it. I like it. Um, all right, Doc, what do you think about getting into some questions? Yeah, let's, let's go for it. All right, and, um, and as some of you guys know, we, we, we do take live questions. Uh, so put your question in for, for Dr. Rogers in the comments. Uh, we're going to get uh, to those as soon as we get through the ones that uh, came out through the week. Uh, Bianca, great to see you. Um, Sophie, how's it going? Um, okay, here we go. Let's go up with uh, the first one here. Okay. Could you please go over the new protocol for ivermectin as well as nasal sprays that act as a prophylaxis? Also, have you had a lot of current patients taking ivermectin as a preventative get COVID? That's a good question. Yeah, um, the protocol, usually I, I, I'm upping the dose just a little bit um, on the prophylactic ivermectin. And for the average weight person, um, adult, it's 18 milligrams, uh, and not once a week, but twice a week during this, uh, Delta surge. Um, you know, I've upped it, uh, to twice a week. And what I'll also do is if you, if somebody in your family has it and lives in your household, I will automatically give the household, um, members, um, uh, prophylactic ivermectin and one dose on the, you know, like today, if you call me the first day that their um, household member gets treated, I'll treat them with a dose and repeat it 48 hours later and then twice a week. So I know I've been on it for months and I'm taking it twice a week instead of once a week because this Delta variant does seem to be a lot more contagious and um, it seems to make some people sicker than the, the original one. I don't think we're getting more deaths now. I think we're probably getting less deaths in the hospital, but certainly um, it seems to be hitting people a little harder, um, especially a little bit, not kids, but younger adults, uh, a little bit harder than the, than the first round did. So, um, yeah, so I have a lot of people on preventive uh ivermectin which is a very safe drug i mean heck we use it for head lice and scabies and kids so it's safe i don't think i've had anybody i had one person thought they had a little headache from it but um have i had anybody taking ivermectin as a preventive get covid yes i've had very few um very few I, and all the stuff i read it may be about 90 percent uh protective that's probably uh, stretching it a little bit, but I've, I've probably had hmm, three, maybe, maybe more. I mean, but not, not many more. I don't see a lot of it. Um, and again, I'm going to give it to you whether or not you've had the vaccine or previous COVID as well. Um, you know, I did have a guy today who had COVID back in September and has a second round of COVID. So he had the natural immunity and he did get it again. I, I don't see nearly as much of that. I don't see a lot of that. I have seen a lot of breakthrough that people have had the vaccine. But um, and now uh, maybe a couple that have have had COVID uh, last year um, get it um, again. So, uh, 
usually it's not as bad on the second round when they get it. But great question. So twice a week instead of once a week. All right. Thank you for that question. Uh, came over through email. Um, next one is, are there any supplements to take to lower A1C along with diet and exercise? Yeah, I mean, I love berberine. That's my favorite one is berberine. It's kind of similar to the prescription medicine metformin, which I'm also kind of a fan of, uh, not only for that, but for anti-aging and maybe cancer prevention. Um, you can't take metformin if you have poor kidney function, but berberine, which we have a supplement of in our office, and you can get it practically anywhere, um, is really good at lowering your A1C and probably has some beneficial effects for your lipids, cholesterol, and blood pressure as well. And I haven't seen many people have side effects from it. it some people have a little indigestion with it, um, similar to, to metformin, but not nearly as much as metformin. That's, that's the knock on metformin. It gives a lot of people stomach upset, loose stools and all. But um, So berberine, also cinnamon's a good one. Alpha lipoic acid's a good one. Um, so those are the main ones that I like, um, along with, uh, low carb and some intermittent fasting. And, uh, so those are the over-the-counter supplements I like best, especially berberine. All right. Let's get to the, to the next one here. Um, two weeks ago, you briefly talked about the benefits of getting a therapeutical, a therapeutic medical massage. Can you recommend a therapist slash place in our area? I'm assuming they're talking about in the Tri-Cities area. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's several around here. The, the one I really like that I go to personally and is Carolyn Anderson up in um, Bristol. But um, there, there's, there's several. Um, and, uh, you know, just make sure that they, you don't want a frou-frou massage. Or maybe you do, that's fine. But I like a deep tissue massage and um, somebody that can really know anatomy and really work on the, on the muscles and, and fascial release, and maybe even some lymphatic drainage. Um, so, but... Uh, yeah, don't ever call them a massage therapist uh, or masseuse. Excuse me. Don't call them a massage therapist or a masseuse. They prefer being called medical massage therapist. Okay. We actually so they did get a real cool, picky about that. They get we, picky about that. We did a cool video with Carolyn. Uh, you can check out our video with Carolyn Anderson on on the YouTube channel. Uh, we talked about kind of the differences between the different uh, massage therapists. So be sure to check that out and shout out to Carolyn. Um, okay. Next question. I heard you mentioned your almond milk, um, during one Q and a, so does this mean that you are a proponent of no dairy for everyone or just someone who does not tolerate dairy? And I'll just do a quick follow up. Um, what they were referring to is the lack of calcium. Um, oh, I, I believe, yeah. uh, the next part of that is I've heard read that the calcium in almond milk may not absorb as well. And also that some of the calcium in other foods uh, are not as bioavailable due to inhibitors? Um, you know, I like almond milk. Um, some people can tolerate dairy. I mean, dairy is frequently, a lot of people can't tolerate it, digest it, um, unless you take digestion, then you can. But, um, you know, milk is really, you know, we're the only mammals that drink milk after weaning from our mother. So, 
it's kind of not a natural thing, but some people do fine with it. Um, you know, I like aged cheese. Uh, a lot of people tolerate eggs real well, but think of some of the foods that people are most allergic to and milk and eggs, um, which otherwise is kind of a perfect food. A lot of people can't tolerate them. Um, I know egg whites, when I did my Alcat test, I was allergic to egg whites or not allergic, but really uh, had a delayed food sensitivity to them. And so I cut them out and uh, I think it helped. But so I'm not against all dairy for sure. Certain yogurts are okay. And, um, you know, the calcium, you really don't need to take extra calcium supplements for sure. But um, you don't get enough through milk or almond milk anyway. You get more through green leafy vegetables, um, in my opinion. So that's what I prefer. But, um, you know, listen to your own body, listen to your gut, how you digest things. But I'm not a big fan of milk. Almond milk I like. There's no dairy in it. So um, certainly if you have food sensitivities, try cutting dairy out and see how you do. And then get on digestion, which helps you digest about everything. Uh, very helpful for, for me. I mean, I can actually go drink a milkshake if I wanted now. There's no way I could do that before I started taking that digest shield. But, um, All right. Thank you, you for that question. Um, okay. Next question is, is the OMAD diet beneficial for losing weight? Um, I'm not so sure what OMAD uh, is. Do you know, Dr. Rogers? Yeah, I do know what that is, I okay. think. I think it stands for one meal a day. Oh, I bet that is. Yep, I bet that is what it uh, yeah. is. Yeah. Um, and the only reason I figured that out is because some uh, uh, one of my patients asked me today, they were having a heart. They were doing intermittent fasting, and they weren't losing that much weight, but they were doing just one meal a day, and it was at 7 or 8 o'clock at night. So they were, I think they were overeating during mm -hmm. that one meal a day, but some people do it. My preference for most of my patients is that you eat two meals a day, because if you just eat one meal a day, it's usually going to be later for supper and you're probably going to overeat and not digest it. So I prefer a light lunch and a light dinner and no breakfast, intermittent fasting. And again, if you don't have a problem, you know, with your weight or the way you feel, you may not need to intermittent fast, but most of my patients, have more energy and they need to lose weight. So uh, I do like the two meal intermittent fasting better. I mean, some people do another diet, which is intermittent fasting. They eat everything and anything they can on one day. The next day they eat absolutely nothing. Um, it's called alternate day fasting. And, you know, I, I don't think that's a good thing either because um, it's just they tend to pig out and eat stuff that they shouldn't eat on that, you know, on they eat day, including too many carbs and sugar. So I just don't see how they do that. But, uh, anyway, everybody's different though, but you know, it's not my favorite, but you know, you can try and see if you tolerate it. Okay. Um, just don't overeat at night. All Good right. Question. Thank you for that question uh, over on Instagram. Appreciate that. Um, okay, so this is a question, uh, kind of, you know, um, you answered somewhat last week, um, and the question is, how many COVID patients that you have treated have been hospitalized? Um, assuming you're saying uh, 
that got fairly early treatment that ended up in the hospital. Um, a few for sure. Um, um, and believe me, I've treated, gosh, probably a couple thousand patients over the last 18 months with it. Um, I would estimate maybe 15, maybe 20. Um, uh, so it's a, it can be a lethal disease. It can be bad, but you know, you have to try and we've been very successful with keeping people out of the hospital. Um, I was able to keep one out of the hospital this week that anybody else probably would have put in the hospital, but, um, this patient is just not, did not want to go. And, you know, kind of went the extra mile, but really turned it around and all. What I've found out, I mean, I'm constantly learning about different ways to treat this. And this variant does seem to be more aggressive. And I've added some things on my regimen. I've learned to use uh, a lot higher doses of ivermectin and also push the steroids when needed, get home oxygen. You know, I try to get people in for monoclonal antibodies if they qualify if you can get them within the first five days and you know um there's some other things with that we do uh that may help tremendously but uh so there there's been a few for sure but uh the vast majority of them can be treated at home and, and that's just a if you can do it i mean wouldn't you rather be at your own house um getting treated rather than going to the hospital and, you know, the only people you're able to see is people that are, in, uh, you know, suits that look like Martians that, I mean, are great heroic frontline workers that have to mask and gown up and, you know, attend to your knees. But it's, it's nice to have family around because, you know, COVID in itself overactivates your sympathetic nervous system. And that makes it worse, you know, in your heart and lungs and everything because stress is inflammatory. And certainly it's a lot more soothing to be at your house surrounded by your loved ones than in a strange hospital with uh, when you're scared to death that you may die and you don't have family there to be with you. It's a horrible, horrible thing. And, I've, you know, the hospitals are so overcrowded because they're understaffed. And, you know, I've had patients lay... I've had them in the waiting room sick for 13 to 15 hours, vomiting up blood, brought in by ambulance, yet they're in the waiting room. That's how, that's how bad it can get in the hospital. Our, our ER docs and nurses and, you know, PAs and nurse respiratory therapists, everybody that works there is just a hero in my opinion. Um, so, I mean, what I do, I mean, well, I've never worked so hard as I have in the last couple of weeks with all these COVID patients. Um, my staff is definitely overworked, um, but um, not nearly as overworked as, as the people at the hospital. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's a tough situation right now. I hope we it is. get through it. All right. Thank you to, to all those who are uh, working in the hospital. If you're with us tonight, thank you. Uh, for all that you guys are doing. Um, okay, let's go to this one here. There is a likelihood that I may be forced to get a COVID vaccine due to my job. 
which one would you get? Would I get the job or the vaccine? No, I'm, I'm assuming they're talking about the vaccine. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, you know, um, I'd have to say that I'd probably take the Pfizer. Um, you know, I, I used to say J&J, but they've had so many reactions of that. They pulled it once and seen some blood clotting and stuff. It's a one-time deal only, which is attractive, but... Um, the, the J and J seems to have less side effects that I've seen than the Moderna. The Moderna may be a little more potent and the Novavax one, it's really not out yet. Um, which I think, or I thought at least maybe the best one I actually had a patient that, uh, got COVID with it last week that we're still treating. So it's not, you know, there's breakthrough with that one as well. And they didn't feel real good after they got it either. So, um, you know, uh, so I would say at the present time, probably the Pfizer, you know, if you, if you need it, there's some people that need it, you know, so. Um. All right. Next question. Is it possible to ever get off of 175 milligram Synthroid and Leothyronine with diet change? And you can, you can check me on that on that pronunciation pronunciation of- yeah lyothyronine which is t3 okay uh, okay um but um you know once you're on that big you're on two medicines for it and it, it's going to be hard to get you off of that because you probably have hashimoto's thyroiditis and don't have a lot of function of your thyroid left so that's going to be very hard to do um you know, I don't even think iodine is going to rescue from that, but that's one thing you could try a little Lugol solution, hopefully after getting iodine urine tests. But, um, you know, that's a toughie. I'm not saying it's never been done. It has, but um, that, that's a toughie. It really, you know, if you have Hashimoto's, it's, it's tough. Um, so, you know, cause hopefully... If you lose weight and maybe replace some of your lost iodine that you may have, then you can maybe get on some lot lower doses, um, you know, hopefully. But that, that's a toughie. That's going to be hard. Um, there is a, there's an Explain This episode on both thyroid as well as Hashimoto's. Uh, with Robin Riddle, our, Knox, our Knoxville nurse practitioner. They, she goes into detail about not necessarily reversing um, thyroid, but but helping a lot with it. A lot of it has to do with the gut. Am I am I remembering that right? There is some gut stuff yeah. that, that can... everything has it to do with the gut. You know, there's a lot of books, the thyroid madness and all that. I just find it clinically hard to get them off of everything if they've had it for a while. Yeah. But, uh... Thank you for that question. Um, okay, so this is an interesting one, and um, this is the question is, what are your thoughts on Regeneron treatment for people who actively have COVID? And my understanding is that's is that remdesivir uh, infusions? Um, I guess that's what they're talking about. They're trying to come up with, I think Merck is trying to come up with an uh, appeal form of that. Um, I don't have a, I don't have much experience with it, not working in the hospital, but. I know remdesivir, which is an IV drug that is about $3,000 a dose that you can only get in the hospital. Um, you know, it's just, it just hasn't been impressive at all to people uh, for 
this doesn't help much. Everybody pretty much gets it if they get in the hospital. Uh, but I don't think it's real. I don't think it's real effective. So the jury's out on that uh, oral form. So. Um, All right. Um, I'm hoping they can come up with a, a medicine to fight this virus off like Tamiflu or Zofluza, which can really help uh, influenza um, in pill form. So. All right. Thank you for that. Um, okay. Uh, Aislastine, is that how we pronounce that? Can you read that? Yeah, that's pretty good. Aislastine, yeah, nasal spray for kids. Uh, sorry if I, if I mispronounced that, uh, safe, is it safe for a five-year-old? Um, I think it is. I have to look at the PDR for that. I, I'm, I, I hate saying that for sure because, um, I really would have to look that up. It'd be easy to Google and see, but, um, uh, so I, I, I would prefer something called X clear X Lear really. Yep. Um, that's, that's really xylitol nasal spray. That's completely safe for anybody. Um, I think it's effective and it's, it's cheap and it's not a prescription. Um, that's one I've been using, uh, X clear, um, which I think is pretty effective at killing off viruses in the nose. Now is that, is that X L E A R? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right, last question here, and I'll just remind everybody we're going to go to, to live questions here in just a second. Uh, so put your question in there, and we'll start um, hanging out with you guys and in the comments. Um, okay, this is a quercetin question. I've got a question about quercetin. Will, will a probiotic work, or does it need to be quercetin? And this is in regards to uh, a COVID uh, regimen uh, for preventative. Oh, well, you know, quercetin's not a probiotic. Um, so you need both. You need a probiotic with a prebiotic, uh, and you also need quercetin. But um, so you need everybody needs a probiotic, and um, quercetin is a great little immune supplement. It's a flavonoid. It's not a probiotic. Doesn't have anything to do with a probiotic. But so take both. Both. Yeah. Yeah. Digest Shield and quercetin. Digest Shield has both the pre and the probiotic. Um, okay, so that does it for the questions that came in through the week. Thank you guys so much for, uh, for whether it was through Instagram, Facebook, uh, through email. Um, we really do appreciate it. Um, okay, we're going to go to the comments here. Try to, uh, try to get to as many as we can. And let's see here. Where are we going? Okay, Kathy has one. Do you do antibody testing and how much does it cost? Does insurance cover it? I assume you mean for COVID antibody. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we check them every day. I checked mine yesterday. I'm waiting for the results. I hope it's positive. Yeah, that'd, be, <laughs> that'd be great. But um, knock on wood, I haven't had it yet. Uh, so, um, but yeah, we do it. And I think insurance covers it. I don't think I've had anybody that's had to pay for it. Now, Katie may get on me for that, but, uh, you know, I don't. I think I think it's pretty much covered if you have insurance of any type, and uh, so yeah, I think it's a pretty good thing. And this this new one can also kind of it gives you a titer to see if it's been a recent or past infection. So IgM and IgG. So yeah, it's a, it's a good thing to have, you know. Uh, um, and and if Katie's here, she she can put in, in in the comments if there is. Uh, 
a, uh, a bill that we're seeing with that. I'll just remind everybody, we do outsource the lab. Uh, performance medicine is a cash-only practice, but the lab um, is able to uh, do things through insurance. That's how we do the Cleveland Heart Panel, uh, which would be a you know an unaffordable test uh, were it not for, for insurance. Um, okay, Sophie on YouTube. Thank you for hanging out on YouTube, Sophie. Um, I have a question to add, if possible. I have family, uh, my parents, that literally believe that we are putting them at risk because we have, we have not had the vaccine. Um, so I'm assuming um, the question is, let's see here. Oh, I think this is a follow-up. Um, we are taking ivermectin prophylactically, but they still say we are being selfish and not concerned for their health. Is there any information that I could refer them to that might help? That's a, probably a very common question, so thank you for that. That's a, that's a great question. It's a common thing I get asked every day. I mean, it's, you know, you can't blame people for being a little paranoid right now, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, you know, and it, it's, it's a really good thing because families are afraid of their the grandparents coming to them if they haven't been vaccinated or you know anyway because here's one thing i'll tell you um there's a lot of mis misunderstanding about the vaccination it doesn't prevent you from getting covid and it doesn't prevent you from transmitting covid so i mean if you're paranoid anyway just don't see anybody during this thing um you know it's just or just do it by zoom or something because you know right now people are just paranoid i mean it, it's just gotten crazy the way some people think i mean some people would lay if you if you don't get a vaccine some people would label you a terrorist i mean it's getting that bad it's getting that funny and although it's not funny because it's really sad so um that's a toughie that that is the hardest question i face every day you know, besides maybe I'm going to lose my job because I won't take the vaccine. My own opinion, again, like when I do podcasts or I write the note, that's just, these are my opinions. These are not medical advice. You know, um, the only time I give I'm responsible for medical advice is when you, you actually do a visit with me. But um, so these are opinion only things. So um, I like to take a common sense, practical approach to everything and you know, if you're a prudent person and caring person, you just have to respect the wishes of the paranoid people. Um, and, you know, if, if you look through the history of this 18-month thing we've been going through, certainly the lockdowns didn't work. Um, uh, the masks haven't worked very well. Um, and the vaccines, uh, there's, there's a lot of, they're not working that well either for the, this new mutation. Now, they may be effective from, uh, prevent, they may, there are people in the hospital with, that have been fully vaccinated as well, um, but they seem to be less um, than, the, than the unvaccinated for sure. Um, so it's a matter of choice. Um, but just rest assured that just because you've been vaccinated doesn't mean that um, you're not going to transmit it. And, and if you do get vaccinated, then don't go immediately visit your family. I've seen that happen. I've seen them spread the virus in that manner by some reason. 
I don't know if it's viral shedding or what, but I've seen that on several occasions where they'll get the vaccine and go travel, and then boom, everybody in the family has it. They blame it on them. So, you know, you want family harmony. So respect the wishes of your, you know, your folks. And um, certainly um, taking ivermectin is not going to prevent you from transmitting it either. Hopefully it prevents you from getting it. But um, so uh, that's a real tough question. It is a tough question. One um, that That's I'm... a tough one. Do the best you can. Respect the wishes of your family. Um, but um, realize also that that vaccine doesn't prevent you from either catching it or transmitting it. Any vaccine maker will tell you that. Um, so have your parents use prophylactic uh, ivermectin and X-Clear nasal spray, gargle with mouthwash, um, take your DC and zinc and quercetin, um, and do everything you can to prevent catching it. Because my guess is that almost all of us have been exposed to it by this time. Um, you don't want a viral load, you know, uh, it all has to do with the amount of exposure and they have measured the viral load in the nasal passage of a vaccinated and an unvaccinated patient that ends up getting sick with it. And they're the same. Um, so again, I'm not against vaccines, but I don't think everybody needs a vaccine. Uh, you can look at my podcast from the day, which generated a little bit of controversy, but, um, Go, go look at Dr. Uh, McCary with a K, M-C-K-A-R-Y. He's an esteemed uh, Johns Hopkins professor that um, has some uh, great views, in my opinion, on, uh, you know, who should get vaccinated. He has a book out, Why Kids Should Not Wear Masks. Um, he says that there's never been a documented case of a student giving it to a teacher. Um uh, and he's also, he likes the vaccine. You know, he's not anti-vax at all. He likes the vaccine. Um, but he, he doesn't think everybody needs it. Certainly those at risk need it. So, um, and I kind of go along with that, you know, and, and I also believe in personal freedom if you don't want to take the vaccination, because it certainly, um, has chances of having, uh, reactions. I've seen a lot of them, you know, and, uh, one point I differ with Dr. McCary, I don't think it's the safest vaccine ever invented. I don't think so by any means. I've just seen too much, too many side effects from it. Um, and so, yeah, you got to do the risks versus the benefits of it. Um, um, and so if you want to, you want to kind of go into more what, what Dr. Roger's talking about, you can go to our doctor's note on performancemedicine.net today's, um, article is on uh, just a COVID-19 update, and it kind of gives, tells us a little bit about treatment as well as vaccinations and not as much on masks, but um, prevention. Um, okay, so Katie, thank you, Katie, for doing this. Uh, Katie Gagley, our operations manager, she says, uh, and this is for Kathy, I believe, um, insurance does cover the antibody uh, test. And I'm just going to go uh, real quick. I saw another antibody question. Uh, see if I can find it here. Um, well, I might've missed it. I will, I'll find it here in a second. Oh, there it is. Um, Jessica asked, uh, 
I'm assuming that's LabCorp. LabCorp has a COVID antibody test that gives, an, that gives a quantitative result. Can we get that at PM, Performance Medicine? I get different results from Quest uh, versus LabCorp. You know anything about that? I think, I think LabCorp may give you a more of a tighter number. Uh, Quest just puts it greater than one or less than one. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, get both of them and see. You know what? But you, they, you you think you think LabCorp might be a little more um, right? Correct? I don't know which one's most accurate. Those are the two biggest labs in the world. So, um, you know, I, I would go with um, either one of them. Okay. You know, I think they're both pretty accurate. They're, you know, what's maybe the most important thing is your T cell immunity. And I'm working on where you can get that done. I mean, after your B cell immunity goes away, you're not gonna you're not gonna test for for that. Uh, it's gonna go away. And I'm hoping to get this test that we can order that'll really measure your T cell immunity. That's an affordable thing. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. Um, Amy, so glad to have you here from Southwest Virginia. If you're not from the Knoxville Tri Cities areas, let us know where you're from. If you're uh, from outside of of our uh, communities. We'd love to to meet you in Southwest Virginia. Obviously, is very close to uh, to the Tri Cities. We're heading up to Bristol here in a couple months. We hope so. Hey Ben, you know what we ought to do? We ought to give the person that that's from the furthest distance a free COVID shot. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'll um, give you a free B12 shot, maybe or something like that. I'm glad to see uh, Kristen <laughs> likes my my LED. Uh, glasses. Uh, these are blue light glasses. Um, so I do think there's some sort of benefit. Uh, but I, I'm sure Kristen knows way more about this than I do. Uh, glad to have Kristen Man, in here. I like that. Um, Pineal gland. Wow. Uh, okay. So we got a question here. Alice asks, are there any long-term side effects of taking ivermectin prophylactically? Not that I'm, I know of. You know, you may have less worms and parasites in your gut after taking it, but um, I haven't seen any, um, again, you're not taking huge animal doses of it and you're just going to be taken until this crisis is over. So I haven't seen or read of any, um, but I don't like taking any unnecessary medicine. So when it's over with, stop taking it. And I, I do want to put this up there cause Kristen, um, I believe is on a, on a travel nursing team. Uh, that is going to a lot of these at-risk uh, areas uh, and dealing with COVID every single day. So uh, she is saying that, you know, ivermectin early onset works well. So thank you for saying that monoclonal uh, antibodies infusion. Um, so she's actually in the hospital, guys, and, and she's, awesome. been, she's been traveling uh, to, to different cities. I believe she was up in New York uh, last year during the, the peak of that. So thank you, Kristen, for... Kristen, I don't know if you saw that... Um, that it was kind of a podcast on, on the internet. Um, it was by a traveling, uh, ICU nurse, traveling COVID ICU nurse. That was a, an unbelievable, uh, testimony about what's going on with, uh, COVID, uh, everywhere, including the hospitals. She talks about the vaccine. She talks about the great use of ivermectin. Um, I sent maybe four people today from monoclonal antibodies, um, but uh, yeah, I hope you can maybe reach out and they can get you that link. I guarantee you've probably already seen it. Very powerful. I'm sure it'll be taken down from the internet, though. There's no way that'll stay up. 
Um, uh, seems that she's she's in San Antonio now, and uh, so she's reporting that people are getting out of the ICU where uh, maybe before they weren't. Um, so that's really good to hear. That's uh, some some positive some positive uh, posts there. So thank you for that. Chris. That is awesome, Chris. And I'd, I'd be interested. Are they are they actually giving them ivermectin in the hospital? I hope so, but I think it's I think it's very hard to get it. Uh, in the hospital, maybe your family can sneak it in. I don't know, but what's your experience with that? Are they letting you use ivermectin in the hospital? Um, hopefully so. One, one other thing I think they should be doing, um, is IV vitamin C, um, you know, in the hospital, it's great for sepsis as well, but not many people do it. But, um, I've actually given this to a few people, and it really seems to work really well. So if you got any feedback on that, on one of those two subjects, let me know. Um, so that's a great thing. Thank you great for that, thing. Kristen. Um, okay, let's see here. Shelly's got a question. Um, have you treated anyone for COVID that has been taking preventative ivermectin? Uh, if so, does it seem to be less aggressive? Uh, why do you feel Dr. Fauci... Um, CDC, et cetera, uh, does not promote vitamin use as COVID pr- preventative. Um, so it seems like, wh- why aren't they promoting ivermectin and, and, um, and vitamins? seems like it would help. Um, um, yeah, um, that's, a, that's a big question. Why, you know, why Dr. Fauci and the CDC and our government doesn't promote wellness and vitamins like D, C, and zinc? Um, that, that's just a crime to me. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know what agenda anybody could possibly have um, to not let anybody get in on this. Uh, um, yeah, I, I have treated people that have broken through from ivermectin. Like I said, it seems in my practice, it seems to be about 90% effective. Um, but certainly I had one that was really sick that had been, you know, he got it and really, um, went on a downhill course. But one thing I've learned through all these months of study and actually experience, and I'm using a lot higher doses of ivermectin when you get sick. Um, I'm going to 0.6 mg per kg um, daily for five days. And really as long as you have symptoms, I'm using it. So I'm getting much more aggressive and I'm also using a lot higher doses of steroids than I was. I'm not afraid to really go up on the steroid use and oxygen, you know, um, it's amazing the difference between a five liter tank and a 10 liter compressor. You know, I've had to arrange for people to, to, to get, to get those. And it just makes a world of difference because it's, it's no fun to not breathe not, and be short of breath. That's terrifying. So um, I guess that answers your question as to why, they're not using ivermectin because I guess because they don't have a double blind placebo controlled trial of it. Although the vaccine it's, it's, they don't either. It's, it's not, it's experimental. It's not approved yet. It may be soon, but, um, so, uh, that's a great question. I, you know, I, I don't understand it. It's just been a total meltdown of our medical system for sure. It just makes no sense at all to me. And it's really just really, devastating to be a, a doctor and just watch this play out. Um, 
No. Vitamin D especially, like when you look at who's hospitalized with this thing, um, 80% of them are, have low vitamin D levels. Um, 75% of them are morbidly obese. Um, COVID has killed twice as many men worldwide as women. And 90% of those men that are hospitalized uh, have low testosterone. So hormones are also protective. They're great for your immune system. Mm -hmm. So um, there's several studies that show that. I mean, so if you, you know, if you're a man, especially middle-aged guy or older, get your testosterone levels checked, you know, and get healthy, get some testosterone on board as long as you do it right. Okay. We got a question here from Deb. Um, Deb asked, what would you consider average weight for a petite five foot three, uh, no five foot 73 year old to, to increase ivermectin dosage? Um, gosh, I'd have to look back on my charts to look at that, but you know, you know, they, for like a, a hundred, say a 70 kilogram person, which is about 165 pounds or so, 160, 165, you know, 15 milligram is about right. So, um, this depends on the weight really. It doesn't matter about the age. Um, Thank you for that, Deb. Great to see you here tonight. Um, Bianca has a, a question. Any side effects from ivermectin? Only if you live in Nashville. <laughs> you know, if you live in Nashville, um, it, <laughs> I'm kidding, Bianca. Love you. <laughs> um, I haven't seen any side effects. Like I said before, I, I saw one guy that reported a headache with it. Uh, that went away, but I just haven't seen any side effects person. I've used a lot of it. I've taken it myself. You know, they use it to cure river blindness, but it's, it's won the Nobel prize. It's, you know, it's one of the, by the world health organization, it's one of the top 10 most useful uh, medications in the world. Mm. So why, they won't use it. I don't know. You know, I've called some pharmacies and they won't even, they won't even, after I prescribe it, they won't even give it to the patient. I had one, one of them asked me, this is from a different state. Are you using this for COVID? And I'm thinking, why would they care what I'm prescribing it for? I'm prescribing it. And when <laughs> I said, yes, they go, well, we, we won't allow that. I even called in a Z pack for somebody today and the pharmacist wouldn't fill it because they thought I was treating it for COVID, which I was. But it's just the craziest thing in the world. There's so much just misinformation out there. Um, while you would not treat a patient um, and do everything you can to help that patient, I mean, you can't just go in and you have a positive test and in an urgent care center, an ER, say, yes, you have COVID. Okay, thank. treat me, please. Well, there's no treatment. Go home and, you know, when you can't breathe, then come back. I mean, at least tell them to take some vitamins and, you know, some mucolytics and put them on Zithromax and, you know, at least do that or doxycycline and, you know, um, maybe some higher dose vitamins. But it's kind of a shame. It's, it's, a, it's a real letdown of our medical system, in my opinion. Um, a lot of the ER docs I know are, are doing uh, my protocol that know me. They're not ashamed to do it. 
you know, they may, but the problem is they, they can face uh, reprimand from their uh, the higher ups at the hospital. I'm just putting so. up this just because I think this is, you know, I, I, you know, Kristen's on the front lines here. And yeah, uh, this is great. I love this dialogue here with Kristen. Um, so uh, autoimmune people are, are still getting really sick because vaccines are not working well for that population with the with the Delta variant. So what she's saying is, you know, people with autoimmune diseases um, are still getting really sick. Um, vaccines aren't working well for that population with the Delta vi- uh, variant. Um, so at least educating themselves on true precautions and not having a false sense of security from the vaccine. And I, I think that's a really important point there. Uh, just that false sense of security that sometimes, uh, maybe people are getting from the vaccine. What's your thoughts on that doc? I love it. I love having this dialogue and, and all, you know, and the, the masks are, are big, a big question, you know, when they first came out, uh, Dr. Fauci said masks are of no use based on many studies. And then they came out and said, you do need the mask and wear two masks. I'm not against masking. And, you know, for people that are sick, they need to stay away from people and use a mask for sure. And for people that are uh, paranoid about, you know, wear your mask, you know, but also realize that it can go through your your eyes too so wear glasses like you're you know get some blue light glasses like ben has that are real big and i don't <laughs> think the covid's going through those glasses ben but um but anyway so um just be prudent about it the problem with and please go i'm gonna try to put a link on here if you go to i think it's already on there from isn't it been on my note today from dr mccary's podcast i, I know the johns um, hopkins guy who's a Ivy League, big wig, who they're not going to censor him. He's too big. Um, I hope he's on there. If not, I will have that link. Um, and again, he's, he loves the vaccines and all. Thinks they're great and people that need them. And he, he wrote that book or article about, that may have been in the New York Times, about, um, you know, uh, how kids don't need to wear a mask and how it's worse than not, you know, them not wearing a mask from a lot of educational things. And um, it turns them into mouth breathers instead of nose breathers, which you're big on. And it, Huge on that. they can't learn. I mean, if a kid's sitting there, a six and seven year old kid are sitting there trying to learn from a teacher, they all have mask on. You need to see that mouth move. You need to learn how to pronounce your words. You need to listen, you know, to what they're saying, pick up on all these clues. You can't, a kid can't do that behind the mask. I mean, the consequences of these kids not going to school and or having to wear masks are just going to be untold. I mean, you've already seen all the the bad things with drug overdoses, suicides, um, other respiratory illnesses, and um, learning disorders. And I mean, it's it's just been a it's just been terrible for kids. Terrible, terrible. And although more kids are getting sick with this new variant. There's no doubt about that. Um, and I like to see Kristen's uh, view on that, but you know, what I've heard is that the kids that are ending up in the units, um, and maybe I think one around here was even on a ventilator, but you know, these are kids that have a lot of morbid, uh, obesity problems, you know, comorbidities, but, um, you know, I'm hoping that this this whole thing will teach us that we need to take care of ourselves and 
lose weight, get healthy, and take your vitamins. Vitamins help. So, thank you for that. That's a, just great di- dialogue there. I'm going to keep going to to some of Kristen's points. Uh, we'll get to those here in a second. So, uh, Kristen, please chime in. Uh, love hearing what what you're what you're seeing out there. Um, Kathy asks, isn't a common cold a coronavirus? Is that why so many kids are testing positive right now uh, that have a cold? Yeah, um, it certainly is a coronavirus. And, um, you know, the tests haven't been real accurate both ways. A lot of false positives, some false negatives. Um, And it all depends on with a PCR test, which is supposedly more accurate than a rapid test, um, it depends on the cycle threshold. And that has to do with how many times you run the thing through a cycle to pick up the virus. The problem is when you are running it at, you know, 40 cycles per minute, you're going to pick up a lot of other stuff, like maybe a cold, maybe influenza. Maybe that's why we didn't have so much flu last year. Or maybe it was because we're all washing our hands and not sticking them in our eyes, you know, or or isolating more, not being around people. Um, So, yeah, you know, it it is a coronavirus. Um, So maybe, I mean, I do think this Delta is more common now. Um, Maybe, especially among kids, I like to see what Kristen has to say about if she's worked in some of the pediatric wards, but certainly if you watch the news, more kids are getting it. Um, and those that are, have a lot of comorbidities are, are doing worse with it. I think it's killed maybe, I think 300 kids, maybe more than that. But I mean, it's, it's pretty low number. Um, one kid's too many to die of this, you know, um, but kids die of influenza, they die of RSV. There is a test that, that Quest Lab does that is a swab that for kids, um, and I think it'd be useful for adults as well, that picks up on RSV, respiratory syncytial virus, which is very common with kids, which we're seeing a lot of now, influenza, strep, and COVID. So um, that's a pretty good swab. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Um, all right, let's get to the next one here. Uh, Lee asks, uh, Lee's on YouTube. Thank you for that. Uh, if we are taking vitamin D 5,000 IUs and C 2,000 a day and ivermectin 15 milligrams once a week, should we double up due to the surge or is that just for first-line people only? I'm assuming she's talking about uh, the ivermectin, and but I, I could be wrong. It could be on the... She's talking about all of it. All yeah. Of it. Um, yeah, you should, you should double up on the D and C. Stay at 50 milligrams of zinc. Add quercetin if you're not on that. Um, you know, take every precaution you can. Um, ivermectin, just just do it. I'm really, I'm just upping that for most normal weight people to about 18. And I am doing it twice a week instead of once a week. Um, and first line people, um, I guess you mean healthcare workers and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, those people should definitely double up. I think everybody should double up until we're kind of over this surge. Um, and, and this kind of goes along with that. Uh, Katie's talking about, uh, I believe twice a week ivermectin and, and I know you've, 
you've started to um, put people on twice a week uh, for prophylactic prophylactic uh, ivermectin. Is that kind of what you're uh, what you're thinking, Doc? Yeah, I'm. I'm saying take it twice a week right now. I really am. Uh, uh, your phone was glitching. So yeah, I, I'm. Ivermectin go to twice a week right now. With this, it's more contagious. Yeah, uh, just be be careful with it. Um, you know, you don't want to get COVID, but if you get COVID, you need early treatment with higher doses of ivermectin daily for five days or as long as you have symptoms. I'm stretching it out. I'm also treating a lot of long haulers with ivermectin, as you know, along with other medicines and supplements. But um, so uh, you you want to you don't want to be a long hauler. Um, hello, Tanya. So glad to see you here. Um, Tanya asked, is Flonase a preventative for COVID? No, you know, but it, we do use it for long haulers. Uh, if they lose their sense of smell for uh, a prolonged period of time, which they could, that's one of the first things I go to. And I don't think it's going to hurt you if you're already on it for allergies, but I haven't seen that it's real protective uh, of COVID yet. I haven't seen any studies on that or had any experience with it. Um, but um, I, I like the, uh, I really like that X clear and, and I like colloidal silver for the nose. And I also spray the colloidal silver in my mouth um, and the throat. So I think that's a good thing to do. Um, um, thank you for that question, uh, Tanya. All right, let's just go here to Sarah's question on Facebook. Um, Sarah asks, is the NAC supplement okay to take daily? Are there any contraindications for taking this? I take it every day. Um, you know, it seems to be a good way to increase your own uh, glutathione levels. Uh, certainly, uh, I'm using it uh, post-COVID a lot, a whole lot. And... Um, I would also add it in there as a daily supplement. Um, I just think it's it's a great knack. It's just a great thing to take. I can't think of uh, any reason not to take it. Uh, I'm sure there are a few. You know, any supplement or any medicine could cause a side effect. So that's why I like to, you know, if you're just taking vitamins for uh, your own immune system, add them one at a time instead of taking a bunch without ever taking it before. Like zinc, I mean, it can make you sick at your stomach. You don't take it with food. So um, I, I like NAC. I, I, I certainly take it. Um, I haven't seen a lot of side effects from it. Okay, here's Kristen again. Uh, so, so Kristen says, for every patient she's treated in the ICU in New York and Texas, every single one of them was either obese or had several comorbidities. None of them are healthy. Again, this is just anecdotal. But just uh, what she's seeing seems very real. So uh, thank you for just putting that in there, Kristen. And then she says this about the, the J&J, which is interesting to me. A uh, little, little vaccine strategy here. Um, if she, it seems like if she were to go with a vaccine, uh, she would preload with fish and krill oil and take full-streak aspen five days before, a week after, uh, to Safeway if that helps. Um, anyways, uh, that's, that's actually pretty interesting. You got something to say about that? Yeah, you know, I do like that. Um, certainly only for a select few. Of course, the problems with the J&J &J are very 
minority of the population. They had the, the blood clotting problems. And initially I thought, man, that's the one I would want to get. Um, and I like the, you know, the one and done thing. Um, so, you know, and I don't think it's a terrible one. It, it, it's, it's certainly not an mRNA vaccine. You know, you, I don't think you're, it's a close relative, but it's, it doesn't go to the extent that the, uh, uh, true mRNA vaccines go to. Um, but you know, it's caused a few problems in people, but I like your idea about getting ready to take a vaccine with those, with the aspirin and with the Creel, you know, there's something called pro resolving mediators, which, um, work great for people that, uh, have long COVID that I've used on long, long hauler syndromes. Really what pro resolving mediators is really just a very high dose of EPA and DHA, the things you get in fish oil or be even better Creel. And, you know, you get your doses way up there. And I've seen that turn people around pretty quickly as far as some of the long hauler syndromes. And also when they clean their diet up and cut sugar out, it really, they get better a lot quicker. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good strategy, you know, and I'll agree with you. Um, gosh, it seems like just a preponderance of people in the units are massively overweight. Um, and that's just, you know, it, it's really sad. Um, uh, it, it really, that just seems when I first, when it first started happening a year and a half ago, when you'd watch TV at night and you'd see the families, uh, who've lost loved ones and their pictures were all yeah. together. Yeah. I mean, nine out of 10 of them were just huge. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I put that, uh, that because I do a lot of work with obesity, and diabetes, you know, sort of immediately click with me that, hey, are you, is everybody else seeing what I'm seeing here? Um, and, and so that's something that I think we need to, you know, talk more about from, you know, it seems like a lot of the conversation now is, you know, the vaccines and, and even stuff like ivermectin. Uh, but we still want to make sure that we we talk a lot about, you know, keeping your immune system strong, um, you know, getting lean, getting good sleep. Um, supplementing with, with good supplements like we talk about all the time. I'm still, I, I mentioned this in the podcast I did earlier today. Uh, you had a patient that uh, had COVID, had symptoms of COVID, and um, they cut out sugar for two days, then all the system, all, all the symptoms were gone right then and there. Uh, it's just Sugar is very inflammatory. It's just I mean, wild. This is an inflammatory illness. Yeah. Uh, so best time of day to take ivermectin, um, it doesn't matter what time you take it. I would take it with food. If you're taking it to get rid of parasites, you take it without food. So hmm. Just take it with food. Um, that's what I would do. All right. We're gonna... Some of these people are getting a lot of GI problems. I don't know if Kristen's seen this in the hospital, but I've seen a lot of GI problems with people that get um, COVID. Hmm. A lot of nausea, which we probably don't make any better with a lot of the medicines we're putting them on. So take a probiotic for sure and a prebiotic. Um, but uh, a lot of GI upsets, uh, you know, I've seen people throw up blood, poop blood. I mean, seems like a lot of gut problems. Um, hmm. It certainly gets in your intestines. They can culture it out for sure. So, yeah. Um, Catherine asks, how much berberine should one take? Um, 
twice a day. Is there just one? One pill twice a day. I'm, I forget the milligrams on it, but uh, one pill twice a day is usually what most people take. I just take it once a day for some reason. Um, uh, but if you're diabetic, for sure, twice a day, maybe three times a day. All with um, meals? Hard. Um, yeah, I think it's better tolerated with meals or before you eat, maybe right before. Let's get to Katie's question here. What are your thoughts on taking the vaccine for someone that, that rheumatoid, rheumatoid arthritis that is in remission? Well, it could kick it out. You know, it could kick out a remission. I've seen that happen. Um, uh, one rheumatologist that I know uh, had a real problem with his vaccine, missed work for three weeks. Um, and if you talk to them, you know, a lot of times it, it'll exacerbate uh, some of these autoimmune conditions. But, I mean, immune compromised people, you know, some of the people that may want to be covered. So, uh, but, you know, I have seen that happen. So if you don't have any other risk factors, you're young and healthy, you know, just uh, talk to your rheumatologist about it. Some of them are really for it and some of them will caution you a little bit. Um, so, you know, it's an individual choice. I mean, I don't blame people for getting it and I certainly don't uh, condemn them from not getting it or taking it. I mean, that's a personal individual choice. I know, I know it's, it's certainly, if you look at the bear state, it's, it's, it's definitely, um, there's over 14,000 people that are, have been reported to have died three days within taking the vaccine. And again, that's a, that's a low number of the ones, but you don't want to be one of those ones. And again, I'm, that's going to come out as a statement of anti-vaccine, but it isn't, but man, you know, that's, that's a toughie. I mean, it can definitely cause Bell's palsy, Guillain-Barre, seizures, heart attacks. And why they're giving the same dose of the COVID shot to a 12-year-old, 70-pound girl as a 200-pound man, I'll never know. I, you know, I just doesn't make sense to me. But again, I'm not, a, I'm not an expert like, like uh, you know, some of the vaccine people are. I just have common sense, hopefully. All right, let's so. get let's get to, to Lee's question here. Uh, would someone who is taking a biologic for arthritis be considered immunocompromised? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You would. You would. All right, thank you for that. Uh, Sophie's in Birmingham. I'm pumped to have Sophie here. Uh, love the Birmingham, uh, Alabama area. I've played tennis over at Samford there. Um, so great to have great to have you in here. Mountain Brook Tennis Court. I played at Mountain Brook Tennis. I, I used to be Mountain Brook Country Club. Back I think when, I have to. This is back in the seventies, early seventies. I was at Mountain Brook. So what a great place! What a, I love a Birmingham. Nice place. I love Birmingham. It's a good town. And we got to get to to Mark's question here. Um, okay, so Mark asks: um, Many symptoms reported by COVID long haulers are the same symptoms of thiamine or theamine deficiency disease. What are your thiamine? Thiamine. Yeah, thiamine. Thiamine deficiency disease. What are thoughts on treating LH patients with uh, thiamine injections? I think it's a good idea. As a matter of fact, I just told one of the local pharmacies to order me some. Mm. Um, And I also would like to treat patients that are pretty sick with uh, 
with COVID with thiamine injections. Um, mm. You know, we use it for alcoholics and encephalopathy and things like that. So, you know, COVID gets in your brain. I mean, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more dementia, Parkinson's, MS. Uh, I think we'll see a lot more of that based on uh, COVID. I really do. Um, when you lose your sense of smell, it's entered your brain through your olfactory tract is what a lot of people think. Um, and all that brain fog, the long haulers I've seen are really fatigued and they have a lot of brain fog. I've actually put a lot of them on ProVigil, you know, to help focus and concentration. It seems to work pretty well. Uh, but uh, it's a great point. And as a matter of fact, Mark, I did order some this week uh, based on some reading I'd done. And I'm one patient for sure I'm going to put on it. Uh, thank you for that, Mark. And I hope I got to your question that came in during the week. So uh, if it didn't, shoot me an email. Um, I'll make sure I get to that uh, on next week's show. Um, Christy asks, have you heard of the nasal spray Exlear uh, to, to help prevent COVID? Uh, you've yeah. talked a little bit about that, so I'm pumped to hear that. We've just been talking about it all night. Yeah, I use it for sure, and that's a, that's a great one. I love it. That's a, that's a really preventive measure. Um, that and... I use that and I use coilotal silver both. Um, yeah, it can't hurt you. It's, it's xylitol is the ingredient in it, which is a sugar alcohol, uh, which I think it's, it's been shown for years to work against viruses and bacteria. Um, so, yeah, use it. Um, okay, we're going to take a, just a few more here, guys. I want to make sure I get some with um, – I've gotten a lot throughout the week about um, – pregnant women. So I, I want to just put this up here and, and, and maybe ask, um, the question here is about will you treat pregnant women? Um, but let's also talk about the vaccine with, with pregnant women. Cause I, I think you've, uh, we've had a few people ask about that. Well, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll treat pregnant women and, you know, I won't be as, uh, I may not use ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine on them just from the liability, you know, they're, they're, I forget what pregnancy category, but I think they're C and maybe C and maybe a D, but so that's kind of risky from a medical legal aspect. Um, you know, you may have to, I certainly want you to clear it with your OBGYN, but um, certain things like vitamins and things you should definitely take. And um, Zithromax is safe for pregnant women. Um, so you have to be cautious as far as the vaccine for pregnant women. I mean, they're recommending it now, you know, I don't recommend experimenting on pregnant women. And this, remember, this is still an experimental uh, vaccine or gene therapy, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, they're calling for use of it. You certainly, and I've, I've heard reports of uh, some pregnant women getting very sick with it being hospitalized. Uh, and having problems. So please rely on your, uh, your OB doc to give you clear advice on that. And, you know, um, certainly um, think about staying away from sick people. And, um, you know, if you're at high risk, you know, maybe the vaccine, it may be more beneficial than the risk of taking it. So look at it individually and, um, and all. Um, I guess it depends on what trimester you're in and things like that. But, yeah. you know, um, I don't deliver babies anymore. I used to deliver a lot of babies, but not, not in over 30 years. So, you know, talk with the OBGYN who's probably going to be for the vaccine because that's what they've been told. 
but I'm so that's a case by case thing. All right, let's let's rip through just two more, and then we're going to have to get out of here, guys. Um, gosh, we we love you guys so much, and and really appreciate uh, y'all hanging out with us for this hour. Like this is uh, just so much fun for us, and and to have you guys uh, stay with us the whole time that means a, a whole lot to us. So I'm trying to get to as many as we can. Um, what's your quick answer on how much vitamin C should we take daily? Uh, right now, I'd be taking two thousand milligram twice a day. Okay. And then Shelly asks, uh, does the COVID test differentiate between the variants? No. Okay. No, no. And you then, have to be you have to be in the hospital where you, they do a study. Uh, you know, the serology. Nobody has that capability besides the you know, the hospitals and the big time labs that you know do studies and things. So. Bianca in Nashville, is that OTC? She's talking about the Exlear. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Pick it up at any health food store or, or drug, a lot of drug stores or have it, but uh, pick it up. Pick it up. And that, that again you. is, that is Exlear, um, is uh, OTC, the nasal spray. And real quickly, because I know we're going to get more questions uh, probably throughout the week about this. How do, how do we get vi- ivermectin? I see that a couple times um, in the uh, comments. Well, you know, just call our office and we'll talk to you about it and, you know, um, we have to kind of document everything these days with the medical legal climate the way it is. Um, so now say, a short office, short office visit, just call our main office and we will talk to you and, and probably get, get by your family that you want on it. Um, and, you know, um, so you need to call the office if your doctor won't prescribe it. I mean, there, there are few, there's a lot of, frontline doctors that know it's useful. Uh, but, um, gosh, we've been consulting people all over the country with it. And I actually got a call from somebody in Belgium today. So it's weird. That's pretty cool. Guys, thank you so much. Dr. Rogers, thank you for the time tonight. Uh, to all those uh, out there who have been with us live, uh, we really appreciate hanging out with you guys. Um, it's been, you know, this is the, the funnest part of the week for, for me. I get to hang out with Dr. Rogers, who some of you may know is my dad. Uh, so we get to chat. Uh, Donna, so good to see you. Joy, so glad to have you in here. Joy, great to see you. We love you. Uh, Charlotte, God bless you as well. Uh, we love all of you. Y'all have a great, great night. Uh, stay safe. Uh, if you guys did not check out the article today, go to performancemedicine.net. That is the uh, most up-to-date COVID-19 talk and uh, written article from Dr. Rogers. Um, And for my mother, if you guys uh, have not not subscribed to the YouTube channel, uh, that would make her very happy. Go over to the YouTube channel, subscribe. We've got, uh, I think, two to three new videos coming out every single Tuesday. We got some great ones up that went up this morning. So check those out. We love you guys. Uh, We are out. Uh, We'll see you guys, as always, Tuesday, 7 o'clock, our live Q&A. This is every single week with Dr. Rogers. Uh, Thanks so much. Doc, thanks, man. Good night, man. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, We will see you guys next time.